for that beautiful prelude. We will begin at the top of our bulletin and together we will be singing as a congregation. Though as a reminder on Zoom, uh, we, don't, we all remain muted because Zoom does not play nicely with congregational singing, but we will have uh, Kathleen unmuted in the choir loft so that we can hear her um, and we'll mute ourselves and be able to sing along together at home. Uh, and we will share that music on the screen as well, uh, though it's in your bulletin if you have that in front of you and ready to go.
you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Lord, open our lips. And, and our, our mouths mouth shall, shall proclaim your praise. praise. Hallelujah. Glory to the Father and, and to, the to the Son and, and to the to Holy Spirit. Spirit. As, As it was in the beginning, is now, now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. The Venite. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. Psalm 119. Your word is a lantern to my feet and a light upon my path. I have sworn and, and, and determined to keep your righteous judgments. I am deeply troubled. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing tribute of my lips and teach me your judgments. My life is always in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have set a trap for me, but I have not strayed from your commandments. Your decrees are my inheritance forever. Truly, they are the joy of my heart. I have applied my heart to fulfill your statutes forever and to the end. Glory to the Father, and to the Father, Son, to the Son, and to the Holy, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as, as it was in the beginning, is now, now, now will and be will be forever. Amen. A song of creation. Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, you angels and all powers of the Lord. O heavens and all waters above the heavens, sun and moon and stars of the sky, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat. Winter and summer, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow, frost and cold, ice and sleet, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark, storm clouds and thunderbolts, Glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. A reading from Genesis. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padam Allah, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is to be this way, why do I live? But she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle. So they named him Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand gripping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. While Jacob was a quiet man living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff for I'm famished. Therefore he was called Edom. Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. Esau said, I'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Song of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He's raised up for us a mighty savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. My child shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. 
Amen. So reading from Romans. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, he condemns sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. Since the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. of Matthew. Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat there. But the whole crowd, well, the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose and they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. 
let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is, this is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. And for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and yet it yields nothing. But as for what was grown, sown on good soil, this is the one who hears and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To begin today, I want to start by saying I acknowledge that here at Emmanuel, on Mercer Island, and in the greater Seattle area, we gather on unceded ancestral lands of the Duwamish people, a people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. What is our relationship to land? For most of us, the land we are on is just another thing, a commodity on which our homes are built, our cities are organized. It's one more thing in which we acquire and sell that we use to bolster up our own living. Very rarely are we actually in relationship with the physical soil that we reside on. Though I do recognize we have a number of gardeners in this congregation so they're shaking their heads saying, no, we're really in relationship. But much of our days are not in relationship with the soil and ground which literally surround us. We are rarely in relationship with the food that we eat or that which we drink. We gather it from grocery stores and take out rather than gardens and farms of our own tending. We're hearing an incredibly familiar parable today. Parables are meant to be in relatable to the people who hear them. And while this parable has become relatable because we've heard it so often, very few of us are sowing seeds for our own sustenance and livelihood. We are out of touch with what it is Jesus was saying to those gathered. We are actually given in the gospel today, though it skips over another section, an explanation, Jesus' homily on the parable that explains it. And like many parables, he describes it in metaphor, a metaphor for those who hear and understand. Certainly I have preached this gospel in metaphor one of my first sermons I gave, oh Lord, 10 years ago, was on this gospel, talking about my interfaith family and how my sister and I required different soil to flourish and to know God in. But 
As I encounter the gospel today, I wonder what happens if we let go of the metaphor and actually think about soil, think about land. The sacred ground class that's been meeting is preparing this next week to talk about the Native American heritage of this country and the relationship that the current way in which we occupy this land comes from a brutal history towards the people who originally lived here. Not to mention the landmark Supreme Court case giving back much of Oklahoma to its original peoples. What is our relationship to soil? This year, we at my house have been doing some gardening, for better or for worse. Maybe not as well as when we had Leslie and Rick actually taking care of our garden, but we've tried our best. And I've been learning a few things along the way. That it's not just throwing seeds into the ground and seeing what happens. That that which we plant is in relationship with the type of soil it is in, the type of light it receives. Who it is planted near can help it thrive or cause it to die. Not to mention the history of the soil, the crops that have come before it affect whether or not those crops can flourish, whether or not those crops can grow. It is relational. The seeds are in relationship with the soil, in relationship with their neighbors, and in relationship with their history. Not only are we often out of touch with our relationship with the literal ground that we are on, we are often not in relationship with that which resides near us. And rarely are we in relationship with the true history of the past, which can fertilize or stain the soil in which we grow. The work that we're doing in courses like Sacred Ground, in the racial justice movement, is coming to an understanding, a hard look and acknowledgement of what the history of our country is. As a church and as a congregation, we too should be called to look at our own histories and our own relationships, our relationships with one another, our relationships with the community, both that on Mercer Island and in the wider area, to look at the relationships amongst ourselves, to see that we are not all one thing, that within our congregation we see diversity of experiences, people of different backgrounds, different colors, different socioeconomic statuses, and being in relationship in a deep and honest way changes the way in which we are able to flourish. It is when we ignore relationships that we end up being choked by the thorns or falling on stony ground to flourish as Christians in our relationship with God, we must be in relationship.
It is easy to go to the metaphors of this gospel and perhaps harder to look at the history and the legacy of the actual soil on which we reside. But it is there, I believe, that perhaps there are new lessons to be found. Because once we can be in relationship, relationship with the place in which we live, the literal earth that we are on, the community we are in, the neighborhoods that surround us, the world we inhabit, and our fellow congregants, are we able to do the work of tending and nourishing the soil to produce something vibrant and holy and plentiful. History, no matter how painful, is the truth which gives us the tools to be the sowers God has called us to be. Jesus calls this the parable of the sower, not the parable of the soil, but yet they're all in relation to one another just as we are called to be in relation to each other and to the world. We have slowly dipped our toes as a congregation into that world. I see it in the ways in which we work with places like Edible Hope Ministries, the feeding ministry at St. Luke's and Ballard, being in relationship with the hunger and homelessness that exists just across a bridge from us facing hard truths of the world around us. I see it in classes and education, such as the undoing anti-Judaism work we've been doing, or the sacred groundwork that we are doing. To be in relationship with our histories so that we can acknowledge the stains of sin on our past, and begin to do the reparation work to move forward. To speak truth is to begin healing. It's a foundational piece of what God calls us to do. Because we cannot ignore the soil or the seeds or the sower. How they work together can let us thrive or die. I wonder, for our community, as we each in our own ways face the work ahead of us, for some of us, it means facing the heritage we have as a predominantly white congregation that knows our ancestral legacy of stealing land. For others, there is the legacy of being stolen from your land and being brought to this country to tend the soil that we live on. For others, it is the legacy of choosing to come to this land and often being told to go away by those who are already here. We have a diversity of experiences and relationships with this soil, this land, the place we inhabit. If we can begin to name the truths of those relationships, 
we can begin to do the work towards healing. For to be in relationship with God, we must be in relationship with one another. And with this fragile earth, our island home, in all the ways we can think of it metaphorically and literally. To be Christian is to be relational, to push outside of bubbles that look and sound like us, and to welcome and acknowledge that which does not look and sound like us. Because within that diversity, we begin to look much more like the kingdom of God I began the sermon today with a land use acknowledgement that we reside and occupy unceded lands of the Duwamish people is a small step towards recognizing for myself that I occupy a land I was not invited into. These small steps start to shift the narrative and tell the truth of history, to tell the truth of the story of the soil. And perhaps it can be a small step towards healing the soil. It is not in and of itself enough, but it is in and of itself a start a start to recognizing the vastness of the kingdom of God. We all yearn desperately to be the ones who have ears to hear and to understand. And that calls us to listen to the stories of our past so that our future can build up and nourish and nurture the soil this land on which we reside, created and given by God, that we are called to tend and to love and to nourish rather than to consume and commodify. May we have ears to listen and be sowers of good seed and carers of the soil. Amen. We continue together in our bulletin. Professing our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, in God and the Father, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe I in Jesus Christ, Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In a moment, we will hear an offertory from one of our parishioners, Tom Lamparty. As a reminder, during the offertory, you were invited to offer your gifts to God in time and treasure and talent. We've made ways for you to give online and through text, and I encourage you to do so at this time.
Thank you, Tom. We continue together in our bulletin. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth. Your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God. And sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O Lord, mercifully receive the prayers of your people who call upon you. And grant that they may know and understand what things they ought to do. Also have may have grace and power faithfully to accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life, we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, especially those celebrating birthdays this week. Mar Mullen, Kelly Thompson, Mary Forsgaard, Matthew Grumley, Sam Lamperty, Jean Smith, Bob Ewing. And grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in mind, body, or spirit, especially Mal Clark, Betsy Eason, Diane Goodman, Lorna Hamill, Joyce Hedges, Hannah Hooper, Kathy Klein, Peter Mackenheimer, Michael Miller, Claire Parkinson, Sue Rawlings, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, 
Don Snow, Lillian Snow, William Victory, Bob Hayward, Michael Wandell, Julie Wigand, and Peter Wiley. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially the Reverend John Allen, Richard Hall, Katie Hayward, Gail Woolston, and those who mourn. That your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We lift up all prayers, spoken and unspoken, that you, O oh God, may hear them and know them and give comfort and peace to those who pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Together we pray the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Almighty God Father, Father of all, of all mercies, we, we unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation and preservation and for all the blessings of this life. And above all, for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercy that with truly thankful hearts we may Nation show forth your praise, not, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness of all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Together we will join in singing our closing hymn.
us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We are about to have our postlude, but stick around for announcements and coffee hour after that.